all med adventures, and welcome to the Audio Armory, an exploration of weaponry through the ages. I am your local bard, Emily Cardamus. And I'm your local blacksmith, Liz Belts. How you doing today, Liz? I'm a zombie. Well, you know what? It, it doesn't matter, because do you hear those jingle bells in the air? Do you hear those, those festive tunes? Constantly. It's, they haunt my dreams. It's the Yuletide season here. And everywhere, uh, not just in our weird anachronistic uh, village, but everywhere on Earth that celebrates Yuletide holidays. It's those right now. Yay! And that means that the weather is getting colder. Uh, as of recording, this weekend we're about to have the first big uh, snowstorm. That's going to be great. Um, yeah, it is. And uh, no, <laughs> it won't be great, actually. But Aww. No, but I like snow. I, well, I don't like. Uh, I was about to say driving, uh, uh, horse barreling, riding, rolling, being pushed down the street in my barrel, <laughs> in the snow. It's not a fun experience. Like normally, I mean, it's okay. It's not a fun experience either way. But the snow then just makes it cold, and then the inside the barrel gets wet, and that just really sucks. Uh, and sometimes, like, my loot gets smashed, and I have to buy a new loot. I have to buy a new loot, like, every year for the most part, because no one understands that, like, they're fragile. But anyway. <laughs> um, but it's it's the holiday season now, and, and the lights are up, and the air is getting cold, and spirits are are flowing. <laughs> yes. They in just more, flowing more like the rivers in and out of your eye sockets. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's how tears are made. That's not? That's not. (laughs) In this world, it can be. No, because we're still. We still have human bodies that function. But it's a fantasy world, so why couldn't it be weird? Uh, Because. Because I said so? Emily. You don't yes and me. Why do I have to yes and you? We're not good at improv. (laughs) We're bad improvers. Um, But you know what a lot of people do during the holidays, Liz? To go hunting. You just took the wind right out of my sails. I'm sorry. What do they do? (laughs) I was going to say, sometimes they have to... You know what? No, I don't have it in me anymore. We're talking about hunting swords this episode. I'm sorry. You you just... You messed it up. I'm sorry. Tell me about... Tell me about these hunting swords. All right. I... Because I hurt your soul so badly, yep. I will tell you about hunting swords instead. From the beginning, bladed weapons were used as tools for hunting in order to survive. Those swords didn't really make their debut until towards the end of the medieval period. Prior to this, spears, knives, bows, and even morning stars were used to take down various prey. Yeah, imagine that. Having a morning star and just, like, running at a deer. Yeah, like, I don't see how Whoa. that would work. At all. <gasps> I want... To hunt with the morning star like but that i can't see that being efficient at all like spears i understand because spears you can like throw and and bows are you know shooting like that all is understandable you know that pesky squirrel that keeps getting into your wheat yeah that's what you use it for you just sit and you wait i feel silently. like the squirrel would be faster than a morning star though like by the time you Not wind you it swing up, fast like, by the time you like sling back to like hit it it's it's gone it's, that's why you stay in the slung position and just go whap and your arm hurts and you're like and then someone walks by it's like hey what are you doing and you're like oh i'm just waiting for the squirrel and you're like you know we uh we've invented like 
We've invented traps now. You can just <laughs> use that. No. And you're like, no, it's tradition. <laughs> He's like, no, this is personal now. This is how my family hunted squirrels. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, all right Dave. Uh, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go. But <laughs> if you ever need, if you ever like, just want to buy a trap and not sit here for five hours with your arm raised with a morning star, like you're ready to, to like, mash on a pumpkin or something, like, just, just let me know, because I sell traps now. No, it's the medieval era, Dave. Squirrel pancakes. How else am I going to make freshly made squirrel pancakes? We're better than this, Dave. No. Dave. We're all animals. We're better than this. (laughs) You're getting psychological on me. We haven't reached the Enlightenment era yet, so, like, just hold off on that. I mean, we're all going to be dead by the Enlightenment era, but just, like, you know, for right now, please. You know, morning stars were probably hardly used it's still a fun thing to think about well the most common design uh for hunting swords though took on the basic handle of the late rapier which was basically if you remember the kind of dish shape that was used to kind of cover the hand Mm -hmm. um and it was fused with like a curved broadsword like blade that was basically sharped uh, along one edge but sometimes would have a false edge on the other side i'm not sure why maybe just because it'd be more flashy oh, okay. but it was completely impractical what do you what do you mean by a false edge is that just polished so it looks like an edge but it's not quite it's not sharpened yes okay that's so it's just like i don't know i guess yeah it's just false it doesn't do anything it's just there for show so when you say curved like how dra- like i want to give I We're not talking right like picture. a C shape. Okay. We're talking more like a slightly whoop. Um, more like not even the drasticness of like a parentheses. Oh, okay. So almost like a, like, I don't know, this might be incorrect, but like when I think of a saber, I feel like sabers sort of have a little bit of a a very slight curve to them. Like, like maybe... Uh, 10 15 degrees like is that kind of what we're talking about yeah pretty much because okay. fun fact hunting swords become sabers they're oh. one and the same i've jumped i've jumped ahead accidentally you have i, mean, I didn't even you read with your brain <laughs> okay but yeah um, they're basically one and the same uh but we'll get into that later yeah so before we hit that point uh how does the hunting sword kind of develop and what's it used for I mean, well, besides hunting. I mean, it's in the name. Besides but. hunting. Um, well, the design basically came from for its purpose. The curve made it easier to wield when sing- when swinging it um, because it took off limbs easily with the right force behind it. Essentially, when you were hunting, most of the time you were horseback. And so when you're, you know, chasing down something, you can just decapitate it and be done. Mm-hmm. Now, what... Uh... These types of hunting swords, are, are we talking, this is a, like a lot of the things we've been talking about lately, and I'm pro- I promise we'll probably get into other areas of the world as we go on, but um, this was mainly sort of a European style, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, though curved blades aren't unusual. I mean, they're unusual right. for Europe. Right, but- exactly. Because I think a lot of people, when they think of a curved blade... They think of places like India or the Middle East, like that kind of as a very stereotypical, like, 
Precisely. Uh, like, I th- you think of, like, Aladdin and, like, those sorts of things. Yeah, well, that's actually where uh, Europeans got the idea from. Mm. Um, as, you know, people began to travel and trade more, they adopted each other's styles. Okay. So they took on more of a curved design blade because they were just like, hot dang, son, that looks super neat. Right, oh, right. Oh, dang, it's, it's it actually serves a point. Yeah, it's stylish <laughs> um, and functional. Yeah, so... They basically traded their ideas because eventually we'll get into it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of things were swapped between cultures, mm-hmm. um, designs, uh, meanings, representations of things. Um, but this blade in particular was designed to be balanced um, for slashing, uh, not so much uh, like a jabbing motion, like a rapier okay. or a broadsword. Um, it was because of its curve was meant to be swung and have these really wide movements. However, as we hit the 17th century, these swords, um, basically like all the other swords, um, started to become more symbols of power for nobles. Okay. They actually began to incorporate animal descriptions, uh, or depictions, I should say, um, within the pommel and like even animal pieces like bone and antler and stuff <laughs> i know i'm just imagining like you pull out your sword and it's like oh well, what's that inscription in the handle and it's just like the textbook definition of like a rabbit it's <laughs> like, just like, like a lucky that. rabbit's foot dangling off the end of it <laughs> yeah yeah but it's just like it, it's just like a rabbit is a you know mammal commonly found in like it's just this like very taxonomical description but it's like very tiny it's like engraved very very small because they have to fit the whole thing on that just on that handle you know yeah and then people would just be like dave why did you do that like it's a tradition dave why dave don't you people third, understand like this is this is dave's ancestor child his child his ancestor multiple, child. Multiple, multiple. This is <laughs> his ancestor child. You know what I mean. So, like, are we talking like his mom? No, look, I'm, ta- I'm talking some Back to the Future junk, okay? I'm yeah. talking like some paradox. Like, Dave is actually his own grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're in the Old West now. <laughs> but yes, uh... As these swords became more of uh, a social status sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, larger bones and horns were used as uh, grips or pommels um, and other various forms of in it, uh, ornamentation. Sometimes little chunks were like a bone were carved and then inlaid, um, depending on you know what they wanted. Right. Um, However, as many years passed, their purpose changed from hunting to war. So, as you stated earlier, uh, these swords kind of evolved more into, like, a cavalry sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, military officers would use these uh, on horseback to slice through crowds as they rode through the battlefield. Right. Um, and, essentially, as guns became more and more used in war for- warfare, they became less practical and more ornamentation for special mm-hmm. ceremonies. And are still widely used today. I know. I believe it's the U.S. Navy has yes. sabers. Yes. Yes. Um, I I almost want to say the Marines do as well, but I could be wrong. 
I don't know if it's sabers or if it's more like a rapier. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure, but I know some branch of the military um does. I can also uh you know, you talked a lot about like these being especially them developing in terms of hunting to war that the curved design of the blade would definitely make it more um aerodynamic uh and than a, than a straight um than a straight blade because you know, it's some it can cut through i'm assuming the curve design would almost like help it not only cut through you know uh, bone or, or or cut through a person or an animal better but it also would cut through the air better so it, you would lose less momentum uh in your swing uh yes sort of um I mean, there's a lot of controversy over basically how its fun like how its shape affects its function. Oh, okay. Um, there's actually been a huge debate, which I guess I'll kind of get into here. Um, a lot of people question, you know, which style is better. Mm-hmm. Like, is a curved sword uh, more efficient than, say, a straight blade? Um, and for centuries now, this debate has gone on. Right. And t- to this day, there will still be people who are like, no, you're wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, each one is better than the other in its own way. Okay. Um, the simplest way to kind of explain it is curved swords are meant for slashing. And right. straight swords are meant for piercing. So straight movements versus like... Uh, curve movements. Arcing movements. Yes. So for hunting swords, the simplest way to kind of break down the differences would be to use science. Yay, science. I actually had to remind myself of this formula because I was just like, I haven't thought about this since high school. (laughs) In this anachronistic (laughs) fantasy village, we also have the power of modern science. 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 Or magic. 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 Hey, science. Sci- magic, magic science. is just science we haven't found an explanation for yet. Yeah, there you go. The more Boom. you know. Okay, so, refresher for anybody who has forgotten the formula for momentum. It's mass times velocity. So, for curved blades, the center of balance is normally somewhere in between the blade center and the tip. Um, this is due to the weapon normally having a slightly wider point. Um, making it ideal for swinging rather than, um, say, a rapier or a broadsword that has a tapered point. That being said, velocity is also a major factor. If, uh, say, you have Grandma with a curved sword trying to hack away at the Christmas ham, um, <laughs> she probably wouldn't do as well as her grandson Billy um, with the straight blade because he is more likely to swing the weapon with greater velocity than cute little grandma with the scary sword. Um, Why'd you give your grandma a sword, first off? Look, what grandma wouldn't... Question number one. Why does grandma have a sword? Question number two. Why are you trying to just, like, cut the ham like a normal person and not with a giant sword? You're going to wreck your table. Question number three. Is murder acceptable on Christmas? The jury's still out. Yeah. Some say yes. Do well, not. Don't. Well, listeners, I mean, I will be this grandma one day. I hope to God I don't have a son named Billy or a grandson <laughs> named Billy. Because, my God, Billy is no offense to anybody named Billy out there. But that's just, it's too common. It's just too common for me. 
I need something like you open your booster pack of grandsons and it's like oh here's a comment here's a comment oh sweet a mythic rare Ezekiel thank god Ezekiel good I don't know I don't don't know why I thought of that name um first thing that came to mind uh, <laughs> that's a very that's a very odd one to have come to your I mind don't know. first going on with our our family ham here um yes. if billy was given the curve blade that ham would probably be like cut up into tiny pieces in no time at all mm-hmm. um basically because i mean that's what the sword is designed for it is specifically right. made to do that kind of motion however it can like you can sort of accomplish the same thing with uh, a heavier sword like a heavier straight sword you wouldn't be able to hack away at a ham with a rapier because it would probably break before you could really do much of anything to it you could poke the ham a lot (laughs) it was like Stabby stab. Yeah, you could be like, bur, bur, bur. okay, sweet. And this is how you stick the seasonings in it. You yeah, stab exactly. it a bunch. <laughs> so you infuse your ham with <laughs> herbs and spices. First, you'll need to get your rapier. Yeah. Then get your spices. Stab it like it's it's never ever ever going to see the light of day ever again. Because it won't. It's a dead animal, and you're going to consume it. Yes. Merry yeah. Christmas. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's basically the gist of uh, hunting swords. So it's a lot of it is just, you know, it's but kind of what you're describing in like a straight or a a curved sword or maybe like a heavier straight sword would do the same thing as like a normal weight curved sword. It's kind of it sounds like the sort of balance of these different elements that go into making a sword. You know, it's like you take a little bit off of, like, it's almost like you take a little bit off of the curve, but if you add it to the weight, like, like that sort of thing. It's, it's the right, it's these balance of these elements that make an efficient weapon. Correct. And at that point, everybody has uh, a preference, too, on how they use a blade. So mm-hmm. for someone, a uh, straight sword could be perfect for their style of fighting, but a right. uh, curved sword, no curved sword not so much um so and then if you're indiana jones you just shoot them oh yeah so that's kind of the the gist of hunting swords then they were once used for hunting and then they became sabers and just kind of serve the function that a lot of swords do nowadays which is to look kind of cool yeah we need to get back into using swords again i don't know what for but like (laughs) It'd be nice. But for I would what? definitely get a lot more business. Yeah, that's true. You would get a lot more business. So for your sake, I hope we get back into using swords more often. Yeah. So Liz, do you have any um, advice for us this fine Yuletide week? I do. I have a wonderful Christmas tale for all to hear. Twas the week before Christmas, when all through the shop, not a creature was stirring, not even Liz with her schnapps. The stockings were hung by the forge with care, and the hopes that the fat dude with the gifts would soon be there. 
The dragons were nestled all snug in their dens, while they dreamt of those delicious medieval hens. And Emily with her cozy barrel listening to McElroy Christmas carols. When outside the shop there arose such a noise that Emily couldn't even hear those good, good boys. (laughs) She flopped out the barrel using her phone as a light to better see who the hell she was about to fight. Who's there, she grumbled annoyed, when something came crashing from the sky. Maybe an asteroid? Liz, now awake from her buzzed slumber, stumbled towards the crash that sounded like loud thunder. The hell was that? Why is there a fire? It better not be that stupid mage for hire. Emily shook her head as they both wearily approached the warmth filled with dread. The flames quickly flickered out, revealing to them what all the fuss was about. It was the size of a castle nestled in an icy glass hill. Emily shouted with an audible delight as Liz simply stared wondering how it landed upright. A barrel made of the finest pine, furnished with all sorts of things most divine. With laughter, Emily ran to check it all out. It seemed the fat man had tossed it out on his route. Twas just what Emily wanted, a barrel that wasn't haunted. Then a sound came from near the shop doors. It sounded like something clattering on all fours. But before they could see who was there, there was nothing. All was bare. No box, no bag, not even a small gift. Just Liz, who really couldn't be miffed. She had scared the mailman, burned the floor, even startled the neighbor with her sword, all just the night before. The naughty list, she mumbled. Her Christmas dreams were now crumpled. She shuffled back to bed, not even realizing Emily had gone to the shed. Some time had passed when Liz was shaken. Yo, nerd, Emily said as Liz reawakened. A small gift was placed in her hand. She was so confused, she couldn't even stand. You got me something even after everything? Emily hushed her as she made a soft cling. Opening the wrapping, she was so surprised. A sweet hammer and tongs both personalized. Liz sprung up and gave each other a hug. You're my friend, even if sometimes you're a bit smug. They laughed and went to Emily's new home, where they made hot chocolate topped with marshmallow foam. They laughed and drank all through the night, as earth was softly dusted in sparkling cold white. Merry Christmas, joyous candle nights, and happy holidays to all. Just remember to be with family and friends and have a ball. Yay! That was really nice. I stayed up until 3 (laughs) a.m. writing this. When I had to go to work the next morning. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> so yeah, Aww. Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, and other holidays. I'm sorry, I keep forgetting there are other holidays because we only celebrate Christmas in this house. <laughs> <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, uh, and most importantly, joyous, joyous, and enthusiastic candle nights. Yes. Or. The proper way to greet someone on Candle Nights, which is, yo, yo, it's Candle Nights. Um, (laughs) uh, Thank you, uh, thank you, Liz, for doing this this podcast with me. And really, you know what, you're the heavy lifter. You do all the hard work here. You research everything. I'm just kind of here to mainly sort of try to be funny. Um, So I'm glad we can do this little project together. Me too. I mean, I, when you asked me to do this, I was just kind of like, I don't know what the hell's gonna happen, but sure, why not? Let's <laughs> well, wing we're, this. We're having fun, and that's that's important. And I wouldn't I wouldn't do it with wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. So thank you. Oh, thank you too, Emily. Mm-hmm. And thank you, dear listener, for um, 
taking the time out of your day to listen us listen to us try to teach you about um, different types of swords and things. Uh, it really, it really means a lot to both of us. Uh, you know that we're just we're just kind of learning learning as we go, and you know, your support really means a lot. Yeah. So we love you all. You're great. Hearts. I'm doing. Hearts. The, you can't see it because it's this is an audio format, but I'm doing the heart thing with my hand. <laughs> so am I. Um, <laughs> I just did that instinctively. Yes. Um, so uh, I would also like to thank our lovely uh, composer and musician Samantha Hogan, who is responsible for our intro and outro music. You can find her work at samanthahogan.com, and you can also find her at on Twitter at s hogan underscore composer uh you can follow us on twitter uh we have a podcast twitter which is at audio armory cast and you can also follow our personal twitters i am at corrupted gem liz is at liz belts that's liz with two z's um and if you have any questions or comments um and you don't want to just tweet them uh or if you have topic suggestions you can also email us uh, that's audioarmorycast at gmail.com. Um, and we're also on iTunes, so if you are listening to us through your Apple device of some sort, and you're using, you know, iTunes to do so, uh, you know, leaving us a, like, rating or review in the iTunes store, like, that is, that means a lot, and it really helps, you know, get the word out, um, you know, we kind of all rely, we rely totally on word of mouth, uh, for this podcast. So it really means a lot, um, to both of us. Am yeah. I forgetting anything? Um, not that I'm aware of. All right. Well, until next time I have been and always will be your local and illustrious bard, Emily Cardamus. And I will be forever and always your local blacksmith. Who sets things on fire a lot? I'm sorry. Do you want to say your name? Nah. <laughs> Y'all know me. <laughs> She's Liz Belts. <laughs> um, and until next time, don't throw rocks at birds. Don't throw rocks at birds. Happy holidays. Bye.